1: What's going on, everybody? Good afternoon. Eric Franson with you here on the Full Court Press. Happy first day of fall. And uh, if you haven't been up into the canyons just yet, boy, hurry, because the leaves have changed. They're beautiful. I don't know how much longer they're going to last, but it's definitely worth a drive up Logan or Sardine Canyon. Uh, The other day, I had the opportunity to drive through uh, uh, Sardine, uh, then all the way up into uh, Park City, and it was beautiful. Beautiful leaves and uh, go out there and enjoy Utah's backcountry if you can. Absolutely gorgeous uh, right now and, and uh, may not last for much longer. So get up there, especially as with the wind today, it could blow off a lot of those leaves. So I hope you get out and enjoy it. And one of the things that we always do enjoy with uh, fall, which is synonymous with fall, is football. And we, we still don't know if the Mountain West will have a season. Now, it certainly seems like there will be. We just don't know the full details of it just yet. Uh, According to a couple of different reports, it looks like uh, the the Mountain West is moving in that direction. Yahoo Sports reporting that um, Mountain West officials are optimistic. Athletic directors met on Monday. University presidents presidents are scheduled to meet on Friday, but there is a possibility that they could make and have a formal vote before then just to give teams a little extra time to prepare for their ramp-up. Uh, one of the proposals, which seems to be the, the, the leading proposal is for the mountain West conference to begin October 24th and mirror the big 10, uh, that would have a, an eight game conference schedule with the opportunity for a conference title game on December 19th. So if you're doing your math, today's the 22nd and the start of, of the season could be the 24th. That's a month. That's four weeks. Um, some teams i don't see how that's conceivable others i don't think that's going to be a problem at all uh utah state's been doing little camps uh, or, or practices they've been working with their team they've been have guys in the the weight room granted they're they've been limited on what they can do and to what extent they can push their guys and prepare but um places like fresno state they haven't been even allowed on campus san diego state they were there for a little while but then they had to go home Uh, and they had to shut their campus down for a couple of weeks. Hawaii, uh, travel restrictions. Can teams go to Hawaii Uh, if it's on the schedule? Can you even make that happen? What about Air Force, a team that's got a game scheduled that first weekend of October, uh, which isn't going to be a problem, but then another game that's scheduled early in November, which could be right in the middle of what the Mountain West is trying to do as the Air Force has games scheduled against Navy, and Army on their schedule for the Commissioner's Cup. Um, And so, uh, excuse me, the Commander-in-Chief. So uh, there's a lot of questions and concerns in the Mountain West. Uh, Then we see spiking situations in in the state of Utah, though most of it is centered down in Utah County. Doesn't really affect Logan. Uh, The numbers that were going up a little bit in Logan but uh, seem to be tapering off a little We'll see if that can continue. Let's cross your fingers and toes and eyes and everything else to so it'll stay that way on that uh, trend. So there's a lot of questions here about what's going on in the Mountain West and whether or not they can pull it off. Um, now, the, uh, the if they were able to get the schedule going that could sync up with the Big Ten, you'd have the Big Ten going. You'd have the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12. um You'd have a lot of these other conferences going. And so it does open the door still, provide an opportunity for the Mountain West to have a team potentially vie for the college football playoff, which is highly, highly unlikely, just like it is in every other year, but also make them available for any New Year's Six Bowls, which could be uh, more of an opportunity, though the... um, the AAC has had a little more success getting to that but still there would be an opportunity for that or if these bowl games do happen uh gives Mountain West opportunities to still participate in some of those bowl games so uh one of the other things that they're looking at uh, apparently according to sources is um uh, not not having the, the the daily rapid testing like the Big 10 is is announcing or promoting or similar that the the, uh, the Pac 12 is going to start using later this month. But uh, they are talking about frequent antigen testing. Um, so that would give you uh, timely information. Uh, you'd be able to tell if if there are any cases that are developing. You can uh, nip it in the bud, uh, isolate players so it doesn't spread uh, within the program. But the, the, still, some of the questions are, like, how often are players tested? Uh, what do you do with, with travel? um and make uh, in ensuring you know where you're headed it's going to be safe but if you're in the in the conference there have to be each team would have to follow a certain level of of uh, protocols to ensure that their players are are safe and maintained so that they can travel to a place where their players are also safe and maintained so uh, still a lot of questions about how the Mountain West is going to pull it off whether they're going to allow fans or not if that's going to be up to each individual school if that will be a mountain west decision uh, how often do they do testing um and the really the the big question is uh hawaii if they're even going to be able to be included now there are some some stories uh that have come out here recently that travel restrictions in hawaii could be relaxing a little bit if you can pass two negative tests you don't before you travel to hawaii you don't have to uh undergo that that uh that 14-day quarantine which they've been instituting for the last several months. Um uh, so I think that opens up a lot of things for Hawaii not just for athletics but uh it would help in, the uh, the uh, warriors participate in a Mountain West conference schedule. So uh again athletic directors met earlier this week. Uh seemed to be uh positive they seem to be moving in their in a positive direction towards October 24th, return to play. Uh, The university presidents are expected to have a a meeting on Friday, but there is a chance that meeting could be moved up or that vote could be moved up earlier. And uh, to see, you know, they could sign off on something sooner than that, which would give teams a little bit more of a heads up uh, to ramp up and get ready. Now, just because they say that's going to be our start date, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like. They still have to fine-tune that and make that announcement, but at least it gives them something to work towards. Uh, The Big Ten made their announcement. Uh, They released their schedule on Saturday. They announced they were returning to play uh, earlier in the week, uh, and so it didn't take them too long to uh, unveil that. uh, So it shouldn't take too long for the Mountain West to do the same. There's no non-conference games, uh, conference only, and an eight-game league schedule from uh, October 24th and then, with a league uh, Mountain West conference title game on December 19th. So it's possible. It uh, looks like it's moving that direction. We haven't heard anything more from the big, 12, or excuse me from the PAC 12 uh, about their return yet. Although there's some rumblings that it could be something similar to what the Mountain West and the uh, uh, big 10 uh, are, are looking at and instituting, but um you know, it could be more teams playing football in the, uh, in the West, in the Mountain and Pacific time zones. So that the furthest uh, West teams participating no longer just UTEP and BYU. Uh, though who knows about BYU, how many more games they'll be able to play with uh, still high increasing numbers in Utah County and, and around uh, Utah Valley uh, University and uh, Brigham Young University. Uh, but anyway, it looks like there's some positive news on the front of college football and a return to play is a strong possibility here in uh, in Logan and in other places uh, around the country and in the the Mountain West footprint um, but managing what that looks like for each school because each uh, you know th- there are different levels of infection rates uh and uh, different restrictions by different counties or health districts within those Mountain West uh, member institutions so uh, it'll be interesting to see if really all 12 teams begin play at the same time and have games or if somebody gets left out. Uh, again, hopefully we're getting a, a more official announcement later on this week. Uh, the Mountain West for basketball did make an announcement uh, this week saying that the Mountain West Atlantic 10 challenge will not happen this year. Uh, that was a nice thing that was put together that for basketball that would put some scheduling opportunities in place between Mountain West schools and Atlantic 10 schools, for uh, you know, to give them some out of conference games that are meaningful and uh, really you know, can help with an RPI because sometimes those are really hard to schedule and to make happen. But the A10, that's, you know, that's schools like Dayton, which was undefeated last year before the everything shut down, uh, Richmond, a good team, uh, 24 wins. Uh, I, I guess, excuse me. Dayton was undefeated in conference. They were 29 and two overall. Uh, Richmond had more than 20 wins. Rhode Island had more than 20 wins. St. Louis Billikens uh, are also in that conference. Uh, St. Bonaventure Bonnies. So there's there's some pretty good teams in that A10. Some schools, okay, yeah, not that great. But the Mountain West suffers from that as well. But so that's not going to happen. Those games were to be scheduled before that November 25th kind of cutoff that the NCAA said, this is when basketball can begin. So the Mountain West and A-10 came out in joint statements and said that's not going to happen this year. Uh, so the big challenge for these these conferences are trying to figure out what their non-conference does look like. For basketball, uh, there's a couple different sources um, saying that uh, these – as All these schools are trying to figure out what their basketball seasons are going to look like. It's it's a mess. It's a real challenge because everybody's trying to figure out the best scenario for themselves with a limited window of opportunity for non conference games. Add on top of that some challenges that the NCAA has instituted that if you're going to be participating in a tournament, and uh, uh, Utah State was scheduled to participate in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Uh, and um there are more reports espn is reporting that that uh, that tournament is still going to happen uh and it's going to be moved to espn's wide world of sports um and that uh, it could be moved to orlando uh and instead of happening there in uh, south carolina um other places uh that uh, could be uh, potential destinations for some of these uh, these uh, competitions. Um, there's uh, you know, There could be tournaments that get moved to Las Vegas, uh, Indianapolis, uh, the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. So there's a couple of different places that could be moving. We already know that the Maui Invitational, it's going to be going to Asheville, North Carolina, uh, the Battle for Atlantis. That's going to be moved to uh, South Dakota. Um Houston, Atlanta, it's also been proposed. So uh, what we do know, though, is that the, the Myrtle Beach Invitational is an ESPN event. And it is expected to move to Orlando. And the teams participating in that will remain the same. That's one of the things that uh, the, these, these tournaments are saying, is that those teams who were invited to participate in these tournaments will still be invited to participate. Uh, we're not going to try to make some last-minute changes. We're not going to do some swaps uh, and uh, try to change some things based on geography or anything like that. We're gonna, you were invited. We're going to honor that invitation. But where you play is going to be different. So if you'll remember, in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, not only Utah State, but some other really good teams are going to be there from some notable programs like uh, Missouri, Nebraska, Pitt. So some great teams. Dayton is going to be there. Charlotte, Loyola, Chicago, and Furman are the other ones. Uh, what we don't know for the Myrtle Beach Invitational is what the bracket will look like. Who will Utah State be paired against and on what side of a bracket uh, You know, who will their potential opponents look like? Because it's, it's a three-game tournament. You're guaranteed three games, but we don't know which three teams Utah State will face. Will it be Charlotte, Loyola, Chicago, and Furman? Or could it be Missouri, Dayton, and Pitt? So we don't know. That hasn't been announced yet. They're still fine-tuning some details. We don't know exactly even when it will take place. All we know is that November 25th is the earliest that college basketball could begin. It doesn't mean that all games will start on that day, but that's when these things can start to happen. So for Utah State, they're kind of in this holding pattern, wanting to figure out, you know, when is that tournament going to happen? So we know how to fill the rest of our schedule. Then we know what our conference schedule is going to look like. And will the conference schedule be the same? Will it, or will they trim that down to give these teams more opportunities to hit non-conference games to replace games that got lost from mid-November that normally would have been on the schedule? So, Uh, A lot of balls still in the air as these athletic directors and university presidents and commissioners uh, try to juggle all of this to make sense to uh, help these teams out. Uh, San Diego State, by the way, looking at some other Mountain West schools, uh, they were scheduled to participate in the Diamond Head Classic. That looks like that's going to be moving to Orlando. Um, Other Mountain West schools, Boise State, they were going to participate in the Orlando Invitational. So, not much of a travel difference for them, but still, they were going to be participating in, in, the, in a tournament, a three team tournament, a three game tournament, I should say. So, a couple of notable Mountain West schools participating in these that, that are affected. Uh, others, we're still kind of waiting to see. Those who are ESPN events that we do know are expected to be moved to Orlando, but there are other tournaments out there, and uh, the des- future destinations for those are not yet known. But uh, suffice it to say, they're all working like crazy to try to get that figured out. So I do not envy any job of an athletic director anywhere right now, especially if you're in the Mountain West, Big Ten, uh, Pac-12, who you're trying to figure out your uh, your fall football season and trying to put together a basketball season last minute, which you thought you had your schedule all put together. And uh, now it could be changing drastically, and every day it could be something a little bit different. So I do not envy those guys and the people on those staffs uh, for how while they have to try to navigate these really strange and uncharted waters. But uh, suffice it to say, Utah State does have some solid potential games in the non-conference, but we still don't know for the Myrtle Beach Classic uh, who Utah State will be paired against. We don't know what the, the conference schedule, when it's going to begin for basketball that affects you. Know, when did you cuz last year it started in early December and then it stopped and you could fill a, the another couple of weeks in December with non-conference before you got back into conference play. So, wow oh, what a mess. What a mess. So, we'll keep our eye on it if it breaks if anything happens on that, you know, we'll be talking about it here on the Full Court Press. Um, but I think there is some positive news. I think there's some positive movement here that that we're we're learning from both football and basketball. That's the bottom line is there seems to be some direction after months of not knowing what's going to happen or the potential of not anything happening. At least now we know that there are things moving in a a positive direction for a return to football and at least a roadmap starting to come together for basketball as well. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, what's the roadmap like for Major League Baseball? Less than a week now of the regular season. The playoffs begin, will start next week. There are some pretty tight races right now. Others are already, well, at least they're going to the the playoffs. They know that, but they don't know their seeding and they don't know their positioning yet. And there are some changes this year for how that works and how tiebreakers work and where these playoffs are going to be, some reminders on that and what those races look like in Major League Baseball coming up next here on the Full Court Press.
0: It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: One thing I forgot to mention that is being floated for these college basketball tournaments that are taking place and some of them moving to Orlando is you could have multiple tournaments happening in the same general location. As we've seen in the NBA bubble, they got three different arenas there. And one arena could be used for each different type of tournament that's scheduled. So as a reminder, some of the ESPN events that are expected to move to Orlando Champions Classic, Charleston Classic, Myrtle Beach Invitational, NIT season tip-off, Wooden Legacy, Orlando Invitational, Jimmy V Classic and Diamond Head Classic. And so that's I'm not going to count them all but that's a it's a lot of teams. Um probably close to 20 24 uh, at least all those teams are going to be participating in that, close to twenty, twenty four. And uh, one of the things that's being proposed is that you got all these teams down in the bubble with you know three different courts close to each other. They may be going on all at the same time, which is a is a possibility. Um, you know, the NBA was able to pull it off with about twenty, twenty two teams down there with games happening throughout the day, and uh, multiple venues at the different times through the day. one game happens, pull everybody off, have a time to clear it out, clean it out, bring the other teams on. So it's possible. NBA has proven they know how to do it. ESPN knows how to pull it off. Um, But one of the things that's being discussed is a potential for what they're calling crossover games. That's where a team from one tournament – could play against a team from another tournament outside of their scheduled event. Um, So, really interesting. Uh, You know, like a chance like Baylor and Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga is participating in the Jimmy V Classic, uh, but Baylor is participating in, oh, I just saw them. Where'd they go? Um... Uh, well, Baylor is also playing in the Jimmy V Classic, but they're not scheduled to play each other the way that the format works. But because they're at the same place in the same venue, just schedule a game for each other outside of the realm of the Jimmy V Classic. And could there be a possibility where Utah State in the Myrtle Beach Invitational maybe gets a chance to play against, I don't know, Virginia, at the from the Wooden Legacy. Marco Anthony going up against his former team. Oh, it'd be a great matchup. Um, so, could that be a possibility? Could we see some of these crossover games happen before the real tournaments take place? Uh, because you're gonna have a lot of teams there, or will they not be able to pull it off because there's a lot of teams there, and you got to make you have to maximize the facility and, and the use of of the court, and maybe not uh, enough. Open of a of a window there, but uh, that could be really intriguing uh, so many teams close together and uh, using the same basic facilities schedule a maybe have see a game happen with some intriguing matchups outside of the traditional format of their uh, of their event couldn't be it shouldn't be that hard to pull off they're already there just got to find time on the court. So I think we're going to see a lot more. Uh, uh, we hear more about this within the next. I think you'd, well, you'd have to have a schedule in place to get some of this figured out soon uh, to give these teams opportunity to figure out travel plans and uh, start practicing and know, are we really starting our season on the 25th? Is it not going to start until the 30th? Um, so anyway, uh, and then coaches have to figure out when are we available to do recruiting trips and things like that? So, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Do not envy any of these athletic directors, associate ADs, or other people who work in those offices trying to make this all work and come together. It's This is how they get paid. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, what a crazy time. And also with the football in the Mountain West, trying to get that figured out, which uh, we may be learning by the end of this week. Uh, decision for the Mountain West. Uh, who knows? Maybe even for the, the Pac-12 as well. And speaking of the Pac-12, they're not, they haven't really said anything official about basketball either because initially they said, we will not have anything before January 1st. So they initially their shot across the bow was, we're not going to do any non-conference games whatsoever. We will just do conference games for basketball. But now things are changing rapidly with testing and political pressure. And uh, and I think just more of an understanding of how to make it work. And so the Pac-12 could be changing their stance on some of these things to get basketball started sooner than the 1st of January. All right, one of the things that we are keeping an eye on as well is Major League Baseball. It just seems weird that... Um, I, I know normally here at the end of September we should be talking about the postseason and the, the hunt for October and all of that, but it's in such a shortened season, it just doesn't feel like we should be talking about the postseason yet. It feels like we should be talking about the All-Star game. But nonetheless, here we are. There's only a few games left. The regular season is almost over, and we do know a couple teams have already clinched playoff spots. In the American League, uh, Tampa, New York. They're already going. Uh, we know Chicago White Sox, the Minnesota Twins, they've clinched in the Central. And the, the Oakland A's, they've clinched in the West. Um, and so uh, they, uh, they clinched their division. We do know that for the A's. Uh, the division is still up for grabs in the Central and the East. Um, but uh, Tampa's very close to clinching. They've got a four-and-a-half game lead over New York. The White Sox and Twins, that's still close, still in the running. Uh, White Sox lead the Twins by a game and a half. And uh, the White Sox have a weekend series to close end of the regular season against the Cubs. And honestly, the Cubs don't have anything wrapped up yet in their division, though they're very close. They do have a four-and-a-half game lead over St. Louis. But it's, it's very possible that each team could play spoiler for the other. Uh, so uh we'll see it's going to be a really fascinating final week of major league baseball. Uh we do know really what's going on mostly in the American League and who's going to the playoffs. Uh there's still some question out there. Uh, Toronto, Cleveland, Houston, uh you know what happens there with some of those other teams in wild card situations. But in the National League, it's it's pretty wide open. Uh, the Dodgers and the Padres have clinched we do know that they are going to the playoffs, but they uh, neither team has wrapped up the the West division uh, It was really interesting about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, we talked about how San Diego was making a run at the Dodgers, and they might be able to overtake Los Angeles to win the West. Well, then they faced each other in a three was it a three game series, four game series, and the Dodgers just put it to them, put them in their place, and said, nope, we're the top dogs in the West. We're going to hold on to that top position." And uh, remind you of that. Uh, so, Los Angeles does have a four-game lead over San Diego. But, again, it's not clinched. Still a lot of games uh, to be played here with the finish out this week that could move some things. But it's they're going to win. Uh, the Padres, I don't think they're going to – they'd have to have Dodgers lose everything, and they'd have to win everything. Uh, San Francisco is still on the outside looking in. Their chances are pretty slim but not out of the running for a wild-card spot because of what could happen in those other divisions in the National League. Uh, The Braves, they hold a four-game lead over the Marlins. Cubs hold a -a four-and-a-half-game lead over the Cardinals. But those other games uh, behind them are still pretty close. So uh, is it going to be Miami, Philadelphia in the East? Philadelphia has got a longer road ahead of them. Uh, a lot of things have to happen have to have to happen in their favor for them to have a shot. Uh, they're probably the most likely not to make it. St. Louis and Cincinnati uh, they hold uh, a little bit of space ahead of uh, Philadelphia with a little bit more favorable end of uh, season schedule for them. So uh, it's still it's a very tight race still, but more so in in what's going to be happening in some of those other uh, races, not necessarily for the division title, but for those other spots. Uh, Cleveland, uh, let's look look again at the uh, American League. For Cleveland, they've not clinched yet. Their magic number uh, for the first wild card is, is one. They're almost there. Uh, Toronto, for that second wild card, their magic number is three. Uh, Houston, for the second-place slot in the American League West, is four. Um, so every... As a reminder, every first- and second-place team gets an auto-bid, and the clubs with the two next-best records in each league, they also make the postseason. So there's 16 teams going to be playing in October. Um, But every game after the best-of-three wildcard round is going to be held at a neutral site. So uh, the wildcard round is is home sites to the highest teams, but then everything goes to a neutral site. So teams that look like they know they're going to the playoffs – they have to start getting into these playoff protocols. They start to uh, have to, even if you're at home, start uh, uh, congregating and and uh, residing at at certain hotels, a team hotel, uh, to uh, to start getting protocol ready uh, before they head to these bubbles, these neutral sites for these uh, playoffs. Um, so really, there are. Uh, some interesting things with the playoffs. More teams are going to be participating. Uh, it, it's an expanded field. I think we've got some really compelling races to finish this, this stretch. We've got really 12 teams um, still in the hunt. Um, and uh, it, which and not just, we know some teams are going to be going, but we don't know how they're going to be seated. So it's worth paying attention to, uh, to see how this uh, finishes out. If there happens to be a tie, Tiebreakers are going to be a little bit different this year. Uh, if there's a tie, a tie within a division, the first tiebreaker is the head-to-head record. But if teams from different divisions are tied, then the team with the best record against its own division gets the nod. Now, not every team has played the same number of games as we saw with uh, the the Marlins and St. Louis. They had some games that got canceled or postponed. They tried to make some games up. They may not have played a full 60-game schedule like some of these other teams. So there's still a chance that some teams won't even know what the situation is until after Monday night. If St. Louis needs to play two games to move into the postseason or potentially out of the postseason, uh, they'll travel to Detroit and play one or or two games on Monday. Now, if the playoff field is set, and the games would simply be for seeding, so we know who's going to be playing where. What's your seed? Cardinals wouldn't play them. Seeded based uh, will be taking place on winning percentage. On that, so if it's if it's to get into the playoffs, if it's to determine seeding, it's a little bit different thing there. But uh, it is entirely possible. And this is Jeff Passan, is some great work breaking this down. He says it's entirely possible that no National League team will know until Monday night whom it's playing starting on Wednesday. Uh four teams will travel on Tuesday, stay at a hotel, and they could play the early the next day. So it's it's a tight race, there's a lot of uncertainty, uh and uh we don't know how it's going to play out. So here's here's what to watch for this week in Major League Baseball. Let's just boil it down to the nuts and bolts. What are the games to pay attention to and why does it matter? Uh Milwaukee at Cincinnati, great pitching, uh, battle for both teams. That uh, starts uh, it's today tomorrow. It's going to be a really interesting series. Uh, Miami at Atlanta. Um, the If the Marlins sweep the four-game series, they'll be first in the National League East. Atlanta's still fighting for a position. Uh, the White Sox at Cleveland. White Sox, every game this week is important for them. Uh, White Sox at Cleveland. And then the White Sox and, uh, and the Cubs uh, to finish out the weekend. Um, and so, one other couple other series that could be really interesting: Oakland at the Dodgers. That's Tuesday through Thursday, an interleague could be a World Series preview. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe Oakland's playing some pretty good baseball right now, and uh, not the number one team in the American League, but they're going to win their division. Could be in a favorable position. And then St. Louis at Milwaukee again. That's to really determine uh, who gets a playoff spot. It's a five-game series, and it could determine a lot as to who goes, who doesn't, what the seeding looks like. So bottom line is this is a really interesting week in Major League Baseball. A lot of games on the schedule that are going to swing one way or another, not just about making the playoffs, but what seed do you get? Does a team start to lay off a little bit? Because there's not going to be a lot of time off for these pitchers either. Being in these neutral sites, it's one day after another. There's no off time for travel there are no off days here so how you handle your rotations is going to be critical which teams have a deeper pitching rotation which teams have a better bullpen which team have more aces which teams have more pitchers with playoff experience and if you if because of the lack of rest are you, are you going to go on 3 days rest are you going to throw your ace out there on limited rest to try to make sure you get to the next round if you don't have much of a, of a bullpen there, how are you at risk? So there's that combination of uh, what do you do with your pitching? Uh, that starts this week. If you want to start getting your, your pitching rotations figured out, yep, that has to start this week because playoffs start next week. Um, that could affect teams and their positioning and their standings. But also, because of the, the, the no, no days off, no rest, and pitching rotations could be really uh, spent, Is we could see offensive baseball unlike we've ever seen. We could see some of the highest scoring games in the playoffs that we've ever seen in Major League Baseball history, which could be interesting, quite frankly. I prefer a high scoring baseball game to a low scoring pitcher's duel. But uh, it is conceivable that um, we won't see a lot of pitchers getting a lot of rest, and we could see a lot of high scores. In these uh, in these playoffs, because you're gonna see some pitching staffs w- which um, are thin already, and uh, maybe you've got a couple of aces, but your your bullpen's not that strong. Do you uh, pull your starting pitcher sooner? So there's a lot of uh, chess match going on here with these uh, with these managers and the pitching staffs and pitching coach. Uh, I think it's gonna be really fascinating to watch teams that have had really strong. Bats and strong offense this year, do they end up being the teams that sail through and have the advantage? If that's the case, uh, the White Sox have done really well scoring uh, runs, hitting the ball out of the park. One of the highest scoring teams in the uh, American League. Or it could be uh, the Atlanta Braves scoring a lot of runs. Uh, So does the uh, uh, San Diego Padres and the Dodgers. So uh, offensive teams, teams that are better at uh, manufacturing runs, uh, connecting, and getting the ball out of the park could have more of an advantage this year than perhaps most. So either way, I think it's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks. Starting this week, as teams try to uh, figure out if they can make the postseason, do you try to game it maybe a little bit to face a team that maybe doesn't have such a strong pitching staff? Or based on your regular season series against them, you feel better against that team or another? Uh, so it could be some interesting gamesmanship happening this week, um, as a, as it finishes up on Sunday. Potentially some addition, an additional game, maybe even a doubleheader on Monday for uh, St. Louis to determine seeding and playoff positioning. So uh, less than a week, and we'll know everything that's going to happen for the playoffs for Major League Baseball. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Uh, a- I mentioned this earlier, and I realized uh, about uh, during our last break that never got to it, about the opening two weeks of the NFL and how surprised we are about how these are going so far with so many teams undefeated at this point. How many of those are legit? How many are just a mirage? And also, what's up with all the injuries in the NFL after only two weeks? And a lot of them happening in week two We'll dive into that a little bit more as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press.
0: It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: Welcome back to the Full Court Press. We're 2 weeks into the NFL season and uh boy, there were a lot of unfortunate injuries in week 2. Uh you know, there's been some complaints. You know, the 49ers had a lot of injuries at MetLife Stadium um and you know, was it because of the the turf? Just bad timing? Just sometimes that happens. Uh Chris Mortensen Weighed in on that was some of the complaints about the, that turf. and may, it's, may, There may not be as much to the complaint as you might think.
2: Kyle Shanahan made that uh, specific complaint. You know, they've had, uh, last week there were no complaints after they opened up against the Steelers. I mean, the Giants lost Saquon Barkley on this thing. Uh, it was installed in June. I've been told it's been inspected 20 times. The NFL, whenever there's a complaint, uh, along with the NFL Players Association, it's part of the labor agreement. They will go in and take a good look at it to see if there are issues with it and uh, make the appropriate recommendations. But right now, I think it's there's a lot more into injuries going on in the NFL right now than just a turf.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that because it happened in a lot of places in week two. It wasn't just there. Uh, maybe it is a little bit different. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a turf expert, but uh, certainly the NFL has very high standards about what things need to be and how they need to uh, act in order to host these these games and these athletes on them. They've got a lot invested in these players to make it work. Uh, But as Chris Mortensen says, there's a lot of injuries that happen in week two, not just related to a possible, quote-unquote, turf issue in one arena.
2: The off-season is to build a base, to recover from the previous season, and then to rebuild your base, and then going through football motions, and then having a real training camp. And teams try to have real training camps, but some, it's 100% injury rate sport anyways, but there was a lot of people who are experts in the field who are predicting soft tissue injuries, Achilles injuries, uh, and all these things are in fact happening. And that's just a fact of a pandemic year, and a very sad fact, uh, you know, not as tragic as coronavirus, but certainly if you're a football fan or a football team, this is something you're going to have to battle throughout the season. That's why you need good depth. That's why the rosters were expanded.
1: Were the rosters expanded enough, really? I and mean, that's my question. Uh, it, we, with some expectation or suspicion that there would be more injuries because you didn't have the, the normal offseason, uh, should those rosters been expanded even more Uh, Because we're just week two and a lot of big names are out. A lot of key players are out. So this is going forward. We get to see who has the depth. Really which teams are better suited. Uh, Which teams can handle this better than others. It's a sad, unfortunate situation that's going on in the NFL. But I think he's right. I think we're going to see more of that. Uh, Maybe it starts to level out a little bit as more games, more practices in. They're physically more prepared, um, or the injuries have, have happened, <laughs> and you're who you are and what you have. But yeah, I feel bad. I feel awful for those teams that's suffering those injuries and having those players go down. Um, hopefully, they can uh, have a speedy recovery and and get back to it soon. Um, but yeah, rough to see that happening, and a lot happening in week two. Will it? Will it just grow? And more uh, take place in the coming weeks? Or is that just kind of an anomaly as uh, just a weird fluke? So hopefully it was just that, a weird fluke. But um, I'm worried that it could be maybe a little bit more. Um, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Did you did you see you know, the Raiders, John Gruden, uh, Saints, Sean Payton? Uh, they weren't wearing their masks. NFL in week one uh, said, hey, we've got to be better at wearing masks, guys. And so uh, those guys weren't. Monday Night Football, they were not wearing their masks. So each one fined $100,000. That's an expensive mask not to wear. $100,000 for not wearing a mask. Uh, They are outside, well, in a big open space. But they, you know, got to wear masks. That's what they say. That's the rule. So you got to wear your mask. Personal politics aside, doesn't matter. The NFL has said this is what needs to be done, and they gave out a warning in Week One, and now they're getting serious. So, hundred grand to both Sean Payton and John Gruden. You think uh, guys are going to miss wearing their masks uh, next week? Yeah, probably not. Uh, coming up next year, the full court press. We will get into uh, Week Two and the undefeated teams. Which is the real deal? Which of these teams are the are the real deal? Which are a mirage? Really, not quite that. It's just it's fool's gold and which of them we're just not sure about just yet could be good could be bad we just don't know yet we'll talk about next here on the full court press
0: northern utah and southern idaho's home for sports it's the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390
1: am the fan 11 teams in the NFL have opened the season 2-0 at ties a record. And which of these teams are the real deal? Which are fool's gold? And which do we just, uh, we're too early to tell. We don't know. They could be good or they could be fool's gold. Uh, so let's start with the AFC. Um, and look at the standings. Uh, Buffalo is 2-0. Real deal, fool's gold, or just not sure. I've got them in the just not sure. This is a team that I think has some potential. They're making some improvements. But the two teams that they beat, really not that great. The Jets and the Dolphins. And they didn't really handle the Dolphins. So uh, they could be good, but I'm just not quite sure. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, they're the real deal. Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm putting them in the not sure category. They beat the Giants. They beat the Broncos. They didn't blow them away. Uh, they're doing better than perhaps I expected, but there's still some uncertainty surrounding Pittsburgh for me right now. Tennessee, I've got them as fool's gold. Look, this is a team that has relied on big field goals in the last minute to secure some wins. Uh, they've had to rely on their kicker to get some wins against some meh, decent teams, not great teams. Not bad teams. I think they're fool's gold. Um, Kansas City, they're a real deal. Las Vegas Raiders, I've got them in the not sure just yet. Big win on Monday, I have to give them that. Um, but how well can they sustain that? Um, I'm, just, I'm not quite sure on the Raiders just yet. To the NFC, uh, the Green Bay Packers, I think they're the real deal. Great running back situation. There are more weapons around Aaron Rodgers than we pre- perhaps expected originally. Chicago Bears are 2-0. I think they're fool's gold. Two close wins against bad teams. I don't really think they're that much of the real deal. And to the NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, surprising team. I've got them as a real deal. Kyler Murray's looking really good. He's got a lot of talented wide receivers around him. I think that's a pretty interesting team uh, this year to watch how they play. The Los Angeles Rams, so far, I think they're the real deal. They've got a deep wide receiver core. They've got some decent running backs. They've got some good talent on defense, one of the best defensive players in the league. I think they're the real deal. And the Seahawks, they proved to me that they're the real deal after the way they took care of business and played a really gutty game against New Orleans, uh, excuse me, the New England Patriots on, uh, on Sunday night. So how many of those teams remain uh, undefeated after next week? Uh, it's going to go down significantly. I don't think it'll remain 11. But still, interesting to see how this NFL season has begun. Hey, last little bit before we go. Quick shout out to the teams in uh, the volleyball teams in the area scoring well in volleyball RPI. Mountain Crest is number two, Skyview is number four, Ridgeline is number 11, Bear River, 12th. And uh, Logan is 17th. So shout out to the girls' volleyball teams and how well they're doing so far. I know they got some games going on tonight and girls' soccer as well. We got some great girls' soccer happening in Region 11. Green Canyon is still number one. Logan's number five. Skyview's number six. Mountain Crest number eight. Pine, or, excuse me, Ridgeline number 10, and Bear River is at 18. So congratulations, girls. Best of luck as the rest of the season starting to wind down in region play. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.